At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, we tied a bow around the college basketball season. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks for winning their fourth national title in school history, coming back from 15 points down at the half to defeat North Carolina 72 to 69. The NBA did take a break for Monday as the college basketball was front and center. And across NBA, across the NBA now, uh, there is only a few games left in the regular season. Most teams have about, let's do some math here, three to four games left. So let's take a look at where we are in the standings. Miami is your one seed in the Eastern Conference, just two games up on Boston. Boston is just a half game up on Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Currently, Milwaukee is the three. Philly is the four. Chicago and the Raptors are tied. However, uh, Chicago does have the breaker right now because they have a game at hand or, or one, you know, yeah. Uh, they're both Actually, no, they're both 45 and 33. Chicago has a tiebreaker, so they're the five. Toronto's the six. The seventh seed is Atlanta, excuse me, Cleveland. Atlanta is a game and a half back, but they are the eighth seed right now. Charlotte and the Nets are tied 40 and 38, but Charlotte with the tiebreaker is your ninth seed. The Nets currently your 10th seed. Out West, it's Phoenix 1, Memphis 2. Golden State is the three seed right now, just one game up on Dallas for the four. The Nuggets are the five seed, just a half game up on Utah for the six. And Utah, game and a half up on Minnesota. Minnesota the seven. Clippers are locked into the eight. And New Orleans currently the nine. Just one game up on the Spurs, who are the 10 seed. Lakers at the 11th spot are not mathematically eliminated. The Lakers have four games remaining, as does San Antonio. And the Lakers are two games back of the Spurs. Here's your schedule for Tuesday. The Pacers take on the 76ers. Philly laying 12 on the road. Who likes to lay points with Philly anymore? But we'll see. Uh, Cavs are at the Magic. Cleveland, 8.5-point favorites. Rockets are at the Nets. Brooklyn laying 17.5. 
The Hornets are at the Heat. Miami, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Hawks at the Raptors. Toronto, four-point favorites. Bucks at the Bulls. Milwaukee, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Wizards at the Timberwolves. Minnesota laying 11-and-a-half. Blazers at the Thunder. OKC, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Spurs at the Nuggets. Denver, a seven-point favorite. Grizzlies at the Jazz as Utah's laying five at home. Uh, the Pelicans, eight-point favorites in Sacramento against the Kings. And then the Lakers take on the Suns, and I don't see a spread out for that one yet. Let's see. Obviously, we don't know if LeBron's playing or anything. Uh, let's see if we can get an update if there's a line on that game. Right now is, nope, nothing out on that game yet. Obviously, it makes sense. We don't know who's playing in that game. Lakers ain't making it unless a miracle. You'd think they have to win out because, and it's not happening. Not only do they have to win out, San Antonio needs to lose three of their remaining four games. You see, it's not just that the Lakers have to catch them because they're two games back. San Antonio has the tiebreaker. So the Lakers actually have to have a better record than San Antonio. And the only way to do that is to best them by three games. Finish the season 35 and 47, while the Spurs finish 34 and 48. But that ain't going to happen. The Lakers play the Suns. Nothing to play for for Phoenix, so I get it. Maybe LeBron plays. Maybe people rest for, for Phoenix. I don't know. At Golden State, against OKC, they should win. And then at Denver, eh. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Spurs schedule, and it's not an easy schedule. They had their easy games. They played Portland twice. They won those two games. Now it's at Denver, at Minnesota, home against the Warriors, and at Dallas. Is there a chance they go 1-3? and three? Absolutely. I mean, they're eight-point dogs here on Tuesday. There's absolutely a chance that happens. The question is, can the Lakers go 4-0? And the answer there is no. Absolutely not. And if you think there's a chance, well, do a rollover play. Bet the Lakers money line and just keep rolling it over because you're gonna get quite you're gonna get a quite a return if you do that, which is probably not going to happen. I think it's really interesting when you look at the MVP market, how much Nikola Jokic has just surged past uh Joel Embiid for the MVP. Like I don't even think it's a conversation anymore. I think the, I think it's over. I don't think there's anything that Embiid can do really in these last four games that is going to win him the MVP over what Jokic has done. I mean, the Sixers are in the mix right now, but they're currently the four seed. The remaining schedule for the Sixers, if they pursue a higher seed, is at Indiana, they'll be favored. At Toronto, close game. Home against Indiana, they'll be favored. And home against Detroit. They could really they could go four and oh. In fact, you could make the argument they should go four and oh. Will they? Probably not. But they should go four and oh. And then the team that they're chasing down, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're at the Bulls, but they're favored. And then home against Boston in a game that could decide the two-seed at Detroit, at Cleveland. There's three winnable games. I mean, they'll be favored in three or four, and prop, maybe even all four, because the game is in Milwaukee against Boston. Question is, how much do you want to be the two-seed? Because the one and the two has the one or the two seed is going to play the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are getting into the playoffs as either the seven or the eight. As it stands right now, 
they'll be the eighth seed. So they'll play against the Miami Heat, likely, unless Boston were to catch them with the two-game deficit here. However, Brooklyn is a game back of Atlanta for the eighth seed. And there's still a chance that they could catch them. Atlanta down the stretch here. At Toronto. Tough game. Home against Washington. They should win. At Miami. That might be Miami's game to clinch the one seed. I would certainly make them underdogs. And then at Houston, they'll win. So I say they go 2-2 and down the stretch. And now you got to think about the Brooklyn Nets. Can the Nets now, with their remaining schedule, win three games that would have them in a tie, but can they go 4-0? Looking at their schedule, it's 4-0. Houston, they'll be heavily favored. Against the Knicks, they'll be favored. Against Cleveland, they'll be favored at home. Against Indiana, they'll be favored at home, of course. The Brooklyn Nets are going 4-0 to end the year. And so, if they go 4-0, and Atlanta goes 2-2, guess what, people? The Nets are going to be the eighth seed. And therefore, they'll play in the 7-8 game. And then they'll win the 7-8 game. And they'll be the seventh seed in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Now, as far as the Hornets are concerned, they're tied with the Nets right now, but because of the tiebreaker, the Hornets are actually the ninth seed. That's why the Nets are the tenth seed. Hornets are at Miami. They'll lose. Home to Orlando. They'll win. At Chicago. Close. Home against Washington. They should win. You could make the argument. It's 2-2, two and 3-1 two, and one at best. So if I give them 3-1 and one at best, I'm still giving the Nets 4-0. That would mean that the Nets would, be, would climb above Charlotte. So I'm giving the Nets 4-0. I'm giving Charlotte 3-1 and one at best. And I'm giving Atlanta 2-2. Two and two. So the Nets finish as the 8. And then they're against the Cavs. In the 7-8 game, they'll win that game and be the seventh seed going up against whoever the two seed is, whether it's currently right now Boston, could be Milwaukee, could be Philadelphia, and it could even be the Miami Heat who have not clinched the one seed just yet. I think that is the most interesting aspect of this Eastern Conference playoff race here and what these last four games of the season will determine is, first off, where the Brooklyn Nets are in the play-in tournament. I believe they finish as the 8th seed. But if they're 9-10, they're going to have to win two straight just to get to the 8th seed in the playoffs. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, who finishes as the 2 seed in the East, who I believe will play against the Brooklyn Nets in the first round once the Nets are the 7th seed. That's going to be wild. We'll continue the NBA conversation with our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel will join me coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. It's the look ahead here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. Just three or four games left in the NBA season for these teams as we head towards the playoffs. And there's a few things that still have to be determined. I think it's an incredible final week of the regular season with teams that you can take advantage of here. Teams that need these games versus some teams that are already out of it. And that's the handicap here moving forward through these next couple of games here, these next couple of days, is look at the teams that need the wins versus the teams that are out of it, if that's the situation. 76ers against the Pacers. Honestly, no excuse for Philly to lose this game. You're in a battle right now for seeding in the Eastern Conference playoffs. You want to improve your seed from a four seed? Now, you're not going to drop out of a four, so you're definitely going to have home field in your playoff series, but... Do you want to be the four playing against the five, Chicago or Toronto? Or do you want to climb up to the three and play against the six in Chicago or Toronto? Do you want to be the two and play a play-in winner? Or you can still be a one. Still an opportunity for that to happen. So uh, there's definitely, that is on the line. Now, do they cover 12? Maybe. I think finding a way to play Philly early on is a good move because they need to win. Now, taking a look elsewhere, you got Cavs against the Magic. Cleveland is currently in the seventh spot. They're only a game and a half up on Atlanta, though. They're in jeopardy of dropping down and not hosting the play-in game. It's so important for Cleveland to finish at the seven so that they can be home for the play-in games. Let's welcome in our senior NBA analyst, host of Hardwood Handicappers, which you can catch live on Sundays and, of course, in podcast form, and host of The Edge Monday through Friday here on VSIN. He is Jonathan Von Tobel on Twitter at MeJBT. And, JBT, what are you most excited about here through the, for the final four games of the NBA regular season? Ooh, I mean, there's so much because there's had, there's so much that has yet to be settled, right? Um, I guess if you're forcing me to select, I would go with how the 
Utah Jazz are going to settle up in the Western Conference, mainly because they're so dramatic, right? Like they, they have the rumors of the infighting, uh, the way this team has been falling apart with these double-digit leads, these 20-point-plus leads. Uh, the latest you know, thing, I think, I can't remember which Utah Jazz reporter tweeted it out, but uh, the fact that Donovan Mitchell is averaging, I think, two passes to Rudy Gobert, not assists, two passes to Rudy Gobert yeah. in a game. Like it's, like, it's incredible what's been going on with Utah. So I think they're the most intriguing because I think they have the biggest implications in terms of, like, big pictures and how that team is going to look next season. So I'll go with Utah as my answer. Do you think the teams in the race here in the Eastern Conference, I'm talking about the top four teams, or do you think that there is something to the idea that they are avoiding the two seed? Do you think these teams would try to avoid the two seed to avoid the Brooklyn Nets in the first round? I don't think so, mainly because I, the Brooklyn Nets right now aren't going to be the two, the, the seven seed, right? The Brooklyn Nets, their ceiling right now is only the eight because they're uh, currently 10th and they need to win two games to get into the play. And so, or excuse me, to get into the postseason. So I, I think it's, it's kind of hard if you're a team that is one, two, three, or four, that if you're, you know, if you're gauging yourself or trying to get outside of that window, because you just don't know where Brooklyn's going to end up. Sure, they could win a couple of games here down the stretch. Yeah, they're going to win all seven. four. They're going to they're going to win all four of their remaining games. I, I, are you sure? I mean, they're they're so bad defensively. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that. Look, I, we laugh, but like, remember the what was this a week ago or so? Uh, they played Portland and they barely beat them, one twenty eight to one twenty three. Yeah, right. Like that's, that's true. It, they're they're not a very good defensive team. So, uh, like, yes, you know, they should find their way through the rest of the schedule. I know you've going you know we're going over it. They're just playing Houston, for example, in their next game at New. York, which is a losable game versus Cleveland and then versus Indiana. Um, so that's a navigatable schedule. Um, but at the same time, they've been so bad defensively that we, you just don't know where you're going to end up. So to your, to your original point, like they could be, but you just don't know what's going to happen with the schedule and what's going forward to really gauge, hey, man, I don't want to play Brooklyn. Let's let's do this because you just don't know where they're going to end up. Down the stretch here, do you like targeting teams that have a seeding to play for against the teams that are out of it? So, like, the Sixers are laying 12 against the Pacers here on Tuesday. Would you look to play the Sixers in any fashion, first quarter, first half, or even lay the 12 for the game? Things like that. Looking at the teams that are fighting for seeding versus teams that have nothing to play for here down the stretch. Not necessarily, I guess, mainly because I think, you know, like for Philadelphia is a weird one, too, because Philadelphia just haven't been playing that well. Yeah, but it's it's hard to see to see what motivates a team right in terms of seeding when you're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, like they're a pretty interesting example because they're in that four or five window right now. And you could say they'd be motivated because, hey, they don't want to lose out of home court. Well, they got a three game gap between them and the fifth seed at this point. So their motivation going forward, I think, is going to be pretty static. Like whatever they're thinking, I think they're just going to be that same team moving forward. Now, like other teams like we brought up Utah, for example. Utah might fall into your category because Utah has got to be highly motivated. They're only game and a half up on Minnesota for the seventh seed. Right? Like they, they're sure. a team that was the third seed in the Western conference that over the last week has now all of a sudden been in danger of falling down to the play in tournament. Potentially. I think that might fall into the category of like highly motivated team trying to navigate their way here. Seating wise. But I think for the most part, like a team like Dallas, Denver, Utah, you know, all these teams who are pretty unsettled with their seating. You mentioned all four of them in the Eastern conference. I tend to think, think that the motivation will be pretty much the same across the board. Heat take on the Hornets. Miami laying five and a half. Any angle on this game? Uh, just whether or not we're going to see a Jimmy Butler out there. Last time uh, out, Miami didn't have Jimmy Butler, and it's obviously a pretty big name from a power rating perspective. Um, so keep an eye on injury reports and whether or not he will be available. Uh, but I would also say with Charlotte, you know, Charlotte, we, we talk about motivation, you know, it, we, we don't really view these playing teams uh, very highly, but Charlotte has a lot of motivation to maintain their winning ways. They have the tiebreaker over the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah. as long as they finish uh, with the same record as Brooklyn, they will be hosting the Nets in that uh, nine, 10 play. And with the winner going on to face the loser of seven and eight. So uh, I would say that again, like when you're talking about motivation, don't count out the Hornets because they still have plenty left to play for. And with just a game behind the Atlanta Hawks for a spot in that seven, eight matchup, which is huge. Cause remember now you get two bites at the apple. If you can find your way in there. We saw the odds for the MVP shoot dramatically towards Nikola Jokic now as a minus 300 or so favorite. Is there any value of Joel Embiid right now at plus money or Giannis, or has the Joker wrapped this thing up? Yeah, so I got to say, so I don't think he's wrapped it up. And I was texting with um, Doug Kazarian uh, over at ESPN during the week, 
And this was last week, and I think it was before the Brooklyn game. Might have been during uh, the Giannis' incredible week, right? Because he had the uh-huh. Brooklyn game, he had the Philadelphia game. I think Giannis might have surpassed Joel Embiid. I think there's a chance that Joel Embiid's the third guy here. Uh, when we get down to the nitty and the gritty, and we're talking about winning this award, I don't know if he's done enough to beat Jokic, but I would certainly not be shocked if by the time this thing is announced, because remember, you know, voting, uh, there's a window that's going to close here pretty soon, that it's actually Jokic one and uh, Giannis number two. So uh, I wouldn't, I would be nervous, I'd put it that way, if I if I had a Joel Embiid ticket. I, I think he's kind of <laughs> slipping here with them slipping down the standings as well. I would agree with you there. Uh, what's the latest on our boy Triple J? You know, so I'm kind of getting annoyed, man, because um, I was listening to Brian Windhorst podcast, the Hoop Collective. I don't know if you listen to this. Yeah. And for, for anybody um, for anybody who does like or doesn't, like if you're going to handicap awards, these podcasts are very much musts because you get ideas of guys who are voting for these awards. Um, but they were very dismissive of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s chances to win Defensive Player of the Year. And I just and they're not the only ones who have done this. And I just kind of think like. You know what? If your only argument is he leads the lead in blocks, okay, fine. Like, I get that. But it, to be so dismissive of his chances, which has kind of been the thing with a lot of NBA writers and voters or potential voters, that has kind of got me a little miffed because it's like, you know, you shouldn't be that dismissive. Like, yes, he hasn't been on an all defensive team before, but he's going to be on an all defensive team this year. He leads the league in blocks. He actually combined leads the league in blocks and steals. You know, we can get into a little bit more granular and talk about like the rim percentage who's on the floor. We can go to like there's so many different things that give him a chance at winning this award where it doesn't bug me if he would lose it, Scott, but it, it bugs me more than a lot of people are like, huh, no shot. Like, really? Yeah, like, because I think what? I think what you're going to get is I think you're going to get uh, some of the vote, the the writers, the beat reporters are going to be the ones that will vote for him. I think these media members are not going to vote for him, if that makes sense. Like the people that you're listening to on the podcast, the TV announcers, mm-hmm. these guys are not going to do it. But I think the people that, you know, are going to look at the stats more like a beat reporter from a random team, I think will give him the votes. Yeah, and we're going to see. I mean, Mitch was texting with me the other day, Mitch Moss, and apparently Bill Simmons on his podcast actually said his deep point vote is down to Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart. So, and I vote uh, Marcus I mean, Smart out because I think you have two guys in Robert Williams and Smart of the same team that they take uh, votes away from each other. Yeah, you're reaching the choir, man. It's 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 fascinating <laughs> how it all breaks down. But I'll say this really quick because I know we're getting out of here. I took a stab at Giannis at 14 to one because I think ultimately when you're looking at this and how this shakes out, you know, with that block in the Philly game and the yep. fact that he could be on the outside looking in for MVP, some voters might uh, feel apt to uh, give it to him. A consolation prize for not winning yep. MVP. Yep. JVT, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll be listening and watching the shows. Good to talk to you, man. Thank you. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the Look Ahead here on Visa. Opening day and the opening round of the Masters are on the same day. So the first week of April jam-packed with betting intel from our experts. We'll have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus futures bets and matchups from the long shots. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring and yeah our master's betting guide is available you got to get your hand on that scott satenberg back here with you this is the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network you can always hit me up on twitter at scott's on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r just a short hockey schedule here on uh monday and it was the favorites well, no, I guess the Lightning were the favorite here uh, in this game against the Maple Leafs. Uh, but the favorites did pretty well going, I would assume, 3-1 and one here. 3-1, uh, and one, the only upset was by the Leafs. It was plus 115. And uh, let's see, unders went 3-1 and one on the day, which is pretty wild there. Uh, the Bruins, a 3-2 win over the Blue Jackets in overtime. That game went under. Maple Leafs beat the Lightning 6-2. That game obviously went over. Blues, a 5-1 win over the Coyotes. If you got it at 6, you pushed. If you got it at 6.5, it went under. And then the Flames, a 3-2 win over the Kings. And that one went under as well. An important win for the Flames. They had been struggling. They lost three straight games, which is very unlike them. And the Kings have kind of been surging lately, so they're creeping up right behind them in the Pacific standings. 
with this win, though, huge for Calgary. Now they have 91 points, and the Kings sitting at 86. Uh, this would have been really interesting if the Kings would have won this game. They would have been just one point back of Calgary in the Pacific Division. So a very important win for Calgary on the road. A uh, much fuller schedule, if you will, here on Tuesday. Hurricanes are at the Sabres. Carolina laying 270, minus 270 favorite. Senators at the Canadiens. Ottawa minus 115. The Maple Leafs playing the second of a back-to-back. They're in Florida. Panthers uh, minus 170. Rangers at the Devils. The Rangers minus 160. Uh, Blue Jackets and the Flyers from Philadelphia. Philly minus 125. Avalanche take on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus 125. Bruins at the Red Wings, Boston minus 200, Wilder at the Predators, Minnesota minus 120, Islanders at the Stars, Dallas minus 135, Oilers at the Sharks, Edmonton minus 190. I watched a lot of that Bruins-Blue Jackets game here on uh, Monday uh, because I was waiting for the college basketball to start. So I was like, hey, what's on? So we watched. I watched the, the Bruins and the Blue Jackets. Looked really sloppy at times. Now, Boston did not have uh, Swayman in net. It was um, Olmark was in net for them. And Merzlikens uh, made every save that he could possibly make. I, I thought Boston should have been up way more. They they outshot um they outshot Columbus 37-22 in this game. And it got chippy. It, uh, there was some big hits. It was a very physical game. I wonder if playing a physical game like that, and, it, and where the intensity gets picked up a bit, how does that now carry over into your next game? Now, Boston did get the win in overtime. And looking at the standings right now, Boston, we know they're a playoff team. They are right now the three seed in the Atlantic Division. So they have overtaken the Tampa Bay Lightning by virtue of a tiebreaker. Now, how important is that? It's very important. Uh, One, home ice. Uh, Well, actually, no, because the three will play the two. But... You're not a wild card team playing against a one seed. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's really no one that you want to avoid. Like, everybody's good and everyone has a chance to win. But if the playoffs started today, Boston would uh, go to Toronto and play a series there, whereas uh, the first wild card in Tampa would be against Carolina right now. And then the second wild card would be against Florida, who has the most points in the Eastern Conference. And then the Rangers would play the Penguins in the other playoff series. I wonder if Boston's a fade spot here. Second night of a back-to-back, a game that got, like I said, really chippy. Really, it was some big hits. The only thing that does concern me, if you're going to consider betting against Boston, is that because it was Olmark in net for them in this game in Columbus, probably going to be Jeremy Swayman in net for the game against Detroit. And Swayman's just been really good this year. Um, Really good. So in his last game, that was against Columbus, He made 22 saves on 24 shots, uh, got lit up by Toronto the game before that. Then again, everyone gets lit up by Toronto. But he was excellent against Tampa the game before that in a very important game in in terms of their playoff standings. The game against Toronto obviously obviously was important also. Um, He didn't get lit up. I mean, he gave up uh, six goals. I guess that is getting lit up. But... Swayman in net for them, does it does concern me a little bit because I don't like to bet against him. But Detroit's been a feisty team. They've been playing well. They can beat you. They can absolutely score uh, on you. Uh, And you know what? Maybe the over could be a way to look in this game. Total is six. 
maybe, um, you know, coming after a physical game like they had here in Columbus. Uh, maybe the legs are a little slow. A couple more odd man rushes, fast break opportunities, and, and, and breakouts like that. We'll see. But that's an interesting game that I'm going to kind of dive deeper in as we go into the schedule here on Tuesday. Rangers-Devils. What more can I say about this game except every time it seems like I bet on the Rangers going up against the Devils, I get stung. Like the Devils are like the nemesis here. And for the Rangers fans, they are as well. I mean, it's a rivalry, right? Last time they played the Devils, that was when Shesterkin gave up six goals in the second period which is extremely rare, right? Rangers lose that game 7-4. to four. But the time before that, they beat the Devils 3-1. to one. So what, what do you make? And then who shows up? The Devils, meanwhile, they love giving up goals. They love giving up goals. The play for me in pretty much every Devils game is to bet on the other team and to bet the over. Uh, they lose to the Islanders 4-3. Guess what? Game goes over. They lose to the Panthers 7-6 after they had a 6-2 lead going into the third period. Yeah, 6-2 lead. Uh, They gave up four goals in the third period, and then they lost in overtime. They lost 8-1 to the Bruins the game before that. They beat the Canadiens 3-2, congratulations. Before that, losing to the Capitals 4-3. And then there was the 7-4 win over the Rangers. They lost to the Oilers 6-3. The Flames 6-3. The Canucks 6-3. There's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight overs in their last 10 games. And I know it's like you know, counterproductive to bet the over in a game featuring Igor Shesterkin, if Shesterkin's in net. But the Rangers have lost three straight games now. No, two straight games. And in the standings, they are two points up on Pittsburgh in the Metropolitan. So, again, they're probably lining up against Pittsburgh if they stay 2-3. It's just a matter of who has home ice. Although, first place is only four points away. The Rangers are four points back of Carolina for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Wouldn't that be something? Get you some home ice for possibly more than the first round. Rangers in the over. The play here in this game. And if it's Georgiev, whoo! It's an auto over. Between the Devils and him? Yeah. There's going to be about eight or nine goals scored. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by our very own Matt Humans as we'll get his thoughts on the Masters, which will tee off. Yeah, you see, I did the golf pun there. On Thursday, Tiger Woods, we will get an announcement, hopefully here on Tuesday, as to whether or not he will be participating, and is there any play that you can make on Tiger Woods if he does, in fact, participate? I'm Scott Zadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. Joining us now is our very own Matt Humans. You watch him, host of The Edge here, Monday through Friday on the network. And of course, you read his work in Point Spread Weekly. In addition to all the other guides that we have out there, the Masters Betting Guide is available. Make sure you get yourself. A copy of that. Matt, before we get into the Masters, let's talk about this national championship game. A nice middle from you, because I know you had the Kansas Futures bet, but you also played North Carolina plus the points. Yeah, ideal result. And it didn't look like it was going to turn out well at halftime, Scott, when I was 45 <laughs> Carolina. Uh, so I was not too happy at halftime, but I, I made a couple of Kansas futures bets at 18 to one and 20 to one, but Kansas 18 to one was a bigger bet that I made uh, actually back on July 10th. And that was after Remy Martin uh, announced he was transferring from Arizona state to Kansas. I thought that team was loaded and that was my preseason number one team in the VSIN college basketball guide. And I also picked Kansas to win this tournament a few weeks ago, but part of that was because I thought Kansas had the easiest road to the final four. Mm-hmm. And you get to tonight, uh, those futures are alive. And um, I always prefer, Scott, if I can, to set up a middle instead of a straight hedge because uh, when you're talking about a hedge, you're playing a money line, Carolina plus 180. Uh, I didn't want to do that. I, I thought with four, plus four and a half, I had a decent spot to hit both. And uh, that ends up happening with the 72-69 final. It was crazy how it got there. Uh, but anyway, that's the ideal result for me tonight was a Kansas win and a Carolina cover. And I would like to tell you that I can't complain about anything, but I can. I can complain about something. How about David McCormick at 50-1 to 1 to win most outstanding player of the Final Four? Oh, uh, McCormick no. had uh, 40 points, 19 rebounds, and shot 17 for 27 from the field in the Final Four. Uh, the votes went to O'Shea Abaji, who actually uh, he had a pretty good uh, Final yeah, Four. Great he had Saturday. Three points. Yeah, a great Saturday when he hit six of uh, seven three-pointers. He was uh, 33 points, five rebounds, and he shot seven for 11 from three. But he also tonight was three for eight from the free throw line and yep. shot one for four from three. But like you and I talked about off the air, this is the same situation that a lot of betters get screwed on with the Super Bowl MVP is these votes got to be in, I think, with two minutes to go in the game, which is completely ridiculous. I've been a part of these. I've covered these in the media, and they want these votes before the game's over. Wait till the damn game's over. Yep. Get the votes for MVP or most outstanding player. It's ridiculous. David McCormick hits the go-ahead jumper in the lane with 121 to go to make it 70-69. He hits another jumper with 22 seconds left to make it a three-point game. The, the problem, the, the MOP. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem that is that I feel like 
the, the award, and I'm never going to bet it again unless I'm going to, you know, play a narrative. <laughs> but I feel like, because right. I, I also thought that Remy Martin, you know, being tournament most outstanding player, now he had a terrible Saturday, but he was still good in this game as well. And Kansas doesn't get to the Final Four without him. But anyway, when right. it comes to this award, going into the championship game, it's already set. Because you know who right. performed in the Final Four on Saturday. And so going into this game, it was all, it was always going to be two players. It was going to be Obaji if Kansas won or Caleb Love if North Carolina won. And those were the only two players that were going to win the award. What happened here tonight was that Kansas won. Obaji didn't disappear off the face of the earth. Caleb Love actually did. But that's why they, he mm-hmm. won the award. It was already determined. Well, that and also that the votes had to be in for the last yep. two minutes. Because if if you voted after the game was over and you still voted for Abaji, you're an idiot. Because yes, McCormick made those two jumpers I in agree. the last 120 to win the game. But, yeah, it was mostly based on Abaji's performance on Saturday when, by the way, Remy, uh, Remy Martin went, uh, uh, let's see. He was Martin a no-show. One for five. Yeah, one for five with three points. Now, mm-hmm. he was sensational tonight. But if you put both games together, it's got to be uh, David McCormick if you include the last two minutes. Let's talk about Tiger. Um, what are you expecting? Is he going to play? And if he does, what are you expecting to see from him at Augusta? You know, I was not expecting a whole lot. I, I've still got relatively low expectations for Tiger, and I wrote a column about this in the Masters betting guide that's out today. And Jeff Sherman of the Westgate Superbook, who's a very sharp golf odds maker, said he, he gives Tiger, like, no chance to win this thing. And I would agree. I mean, a, a lot of people who are betting on – uh, 50 to 1, 80 to 1, 90 to 1, whatever is out there right now in the market, uh, you're betting on a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen because it's going to be hard for Tiger to walk this course, which is a very hilly course for four days. I think he can put a couple good rounds together. Initially, I thought, you know, he's going to be lucky to make the cut. Now, I think he'll, he'll probably make the cut. I, I watched the footage of him today. He looks sharp. I mean, he knows his way around that course like it's his backyard. So I wouldn't be surprised if. Tiger goes out and plays uh, two pretty good rounds and then fades over the weekend because it's going to be tough for a guy who really hasn't played competitive golf in a year and a half to go out and uh, put four good rounds together on this course. So I don't think that'll happen, but I'm a little bit more optimistic about Tiger's chances to make the cut. I did bet Tiger to tee it up at Circa. I laid the minus 290 that was out there a couple days ago because I thought, well, if he's practicing at Augusta, he's going to play. So I laid that, not for a huge bet, but... Uh, I fully expect Tiger to tee off. I think he's got a decent shot to make the cut. Uh, but anybody who's betting on him to win, save your money and uh, bet on uh, more viable options here. Now, uh, what's the fine language with that bet? Like, if he takes his first shot off the deck, does that count as teeing it up? I mean, uh, you got to yeah. look at the you got to look at the language here, Matt. Okay. <laughs> Just one shot. He's got to take the first stroke. There you go. Uh, yeah, not many guys going off the deck off the, uh, for their first shots, um, unless it's a part three, maybe. So let's talk about the the players that we're selecting here to either win or top five, top ten. Where have you kind of settled in on here for the Masters? Yeah, I'm looking at a lot of matchups and props tonight and um, looking looking and betting those. Right now, I'll just talk about what I played on the Futures board, and some of these are the guys I'm going to look to play in matchups as well. Sure. I think Dustin Dustin Johnson has got to be a guy you seriously consider. Uh, two weeks ago at the match play in Austin, Texas, uh, when he beat Brooks Koepka head up and reached the semis, I thought he really showed that he was uh, coming into form. He's He was a defending champion last April. He missed the cup, but his prior form at Augusta is too good to ignore four consecutive top tens, including second and fourth place finishes. So his tee to green play is about as good as it gets. Uh, you know, if his putter's hot, I think DJ can win this week at 18 to one. Kepka 20 to one is a, a pretty good bet too. I believe Kepka's 0 for nine in majors since winning his fourth at the PGA in 2019. But his form's good. He's no longer got injury excuses, and he's got a runner-up in this uh, this event. And he's also got he's got two top tens in the past three starts at Augusta. Actually, uh, you and I have talked about Willie Z, Zalatoris. I bet him in uh, late January at forty to one. I bet Cameron Smith at that time at forty-one to one. Those are pretty good prices, especially Smith, comparable to what's out there in the market sure, right now. Yeah, so we won't yeah. talk too much about those guys. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, if you talk about courses that correlate to Augusta, Riviera in L.A. is one of those. Typically guys who play really well at Riviera play well at Augusta. Neiman's one of those guys. 
and he won a Riviera. He's 87 to one. I, I really don't expect him to win, but that's just a guy I might look to play in matchups. Uh, also, Cameron Young, who pushed him in that event, is at 425 to one at circuit right now. Where you oh said, so I, I, you know, you don't have to bet a lot on these triple digit shots. People will say, well, you're playing too many guys on the futures board, but these triple digit shots are small bets. So uh, you can play three or four of these guys, and it amounts to one unit. Uh, Seamus Power, 150 to one. Justin Rose, 128 to one. Cameron Young at 425, and Cameron Champ at 500 to one are some of the bombs. I played at circuit Jeff Davis and circuit does a great job of putting up some tempting numbers, sometimes too good to uh, refuse on that odds board. And I'm still looking at some guys here that I might play. So one guy has been my uh, favorite player for the last few years. One of my favorite players is Justin Thomas. And I haven't bet him yet because I really don't like the value. I don't think there's much value in the price around 15 to one Thomas JT might be a guy that I looked to bet on adjusted odds. If he doesn't shoot a great first round or something like that, I'm still trying to figure out how to, uh, attack that one. We got about a minute left. Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. now is the world number one. Is Are we looking to fade him in some match plays? You know, I'm not necessarily looking to fade him, but I'm not looking to bet on him. Uh, Scheffler's been so hot since he won at Phoenix on Super Bowl weekend. It's uh, kind of crazy to think about how well he's been playing. I don't think necessarily you can bet on that carrying over to Augusta this week. So even though uh, I'm not looking to bet on Scheffler, uh, I might not fade him either, but uh, he, he's probably not going to be on my card one way or another. What's your top play, Scott, before we get out of here? Uh, Zalatoris, Justin Thomas, and uh, a little further down the list, uh, I'm actually looking at someone like a Shane Lowry, 50-1. to 1. Okay. I could see Lowry. I like those choices, man. Good yep. luck this weekend. All right, Matty. appreciate you as always. All right, you bet. Thanks. There he is. Matt Humans, our very own. Make sure you get your hands on that Masters betting guide because, I mean, there's so much great information on it. Uh, go to vcin.com. Make sure you get yourself a copy. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. The kid. The kid. The kid. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.